there's breath in your body, there is hope. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Think Hope Podcast. And I learned today something that I already knew intrinsically and we have been talking about for several years now, and that is science is proving that to think hope is the way to go because a study just came out as a matter of fact, I'm going to start the show by just, just sharing this a, a little bit of this study where it was done. Uh, it says, persistently engaging in negative thinking patterns may raise the risk of Alzheimer's disease, finds a new UCL-led study. And it goes on to say, in the study of people aged over 55 published in Alzheimer's and Dementia, Researchers found that repetitive negative thinking, or RNT, is linked to subsequent cognitive decline as well as the, the deposition or deposition of harmful brain proteins like linked to Alzheimer's. The researchers say RNT should now be further investigated as a potential risk factor for dementia and psychological tools such as mindfulness or meditation, should be studied to see if these could reduce dementia risk. So I'm just going to sum it up and say that this study in Science Daily uh, shows us that thinking negatively can run you crazy. (laughs) It can really cause you to lose your mind. And the opposite is true. When they say mindfulness, what we know is we're learning uh, how to live a lifestyle where we are thinking hope, we're taking hope breaks, we're resting in hope, and it really does increase your, your sense of well-being, your cognitive ability. I mean, I'm a living witness. So that's why this Think Hope podcast is so important because as we share different issues and things that's going on in the world, we always come from a hopeful perspective, we always know that there is hope no matter what. There is still hope. And that's what today's show is all about. As I said, I am hopeologist, Dr. Rosalind Tompkins, and I'm here to facilitate your journey of hope. I'm so excited about the show today entitled A Black Mother's Cry because later on in the show, we're going to hear a powerful hope chat that I had with my daughter, Janar Chanel Holloway now, formerly Tompkins. I have to remember to say that, and I'm doing much better than I used to because she is a married woman with three children, and but she'll always be my baby girl. <laughs> and um, I entitled the show A Black Mother's Cry because of a post that on social media that Janar wrote as a black mother of a son and two daughters, and she shared a moving tribute to her son, uh, Brian Jr., my grandson, on social media. And it just struck a nerve with so many mothers who are praying and pleading with the world to see their children for who they really are, valuable, brilliant, beautiful human beings who are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. 
And so we're going to hear that hope chat in just a little bit. But now I just want to begin by sharing a blast from the past. Yes, a song by Marvin Gaye entitled What's Going On from the album that was entitled What's Going On and that was produced in 1971. Listen up and you'll see that the same things that Marvin was singing about are what we're dealing with now. Hey, what's up now? Oh, uh, hey, how you doing? Of, 
of pro- pro- police brutality and, uh, and just, just really social unrest and racial injustice and things of that nature. Uh, as we have seen protests around the nation and world as in the wake of the murder of George Floyd on May the 25th, 2020, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, after a white police officer, Derek Chauvin, knelt on his neck for almost nine minutes while Floyd was handcuffed and lying face down on the street. And the famous uh, saying now, unfortunately, we've heard before from other black men in the, in the midst of being uh, killed by the police, I can't breathe with other police standing around. And I tell you, it is, it is something that, that makes, makes us wonder and scratch our head. But the good news is there is hope. As a matter of fact, I talk about it in my blog that I write for the Tallahassee Democrat newspaper that um, I'd like to share with you a little bit about this whole issue. The title is Hope Says It Has Not Happened Yet. And then the published that the, the article that was published in the Tallahassee Democrat is t- entitled Hope Abides. It Has Not Happened Yet. And uh, in the post, I quote from another one of Marvin Gaye's songs, Mercy, Mercy Me.
While on my weekly walk in the neighborhood the other day, I saw a goose walking all alone, and the thought came to me, even the geese are practicing social distancing these days. It then dawned on me how over the course of these nine of these several months dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, my way of looking at things has drastically changed. Six months ago, I certainly would not have thought about social distancing as it was not relevant to my daily life, but now it sure is. Some things have drastically changed, but sadly others remain the same. As Marvin Gaye's song, Mercy, Mercy Me says in his classic 1971 album, What's Going On? Things Ain't What They Used To Be. However, as I recently listened to some of the lyrics, I realized that some things are exactly like they were. Unfortunately, the social ills of our society remain and are heightened during times of crisis. As a matter of fact, in one of my recent poems I write, we wear masks to go outside to keep the coronavirus from taking a ride while hate continues and so does crime. People are dying and we're running out of time. Some may say, where is the hope in that hopeologist? Or where is the hope when there is yet another killing? Or where is the hope when over 100,000 people in the United States have died from the coronavirus? The answer is in one small word, and that is yet. When we add yet to the equation, that means there is always tomorrow. We can look at our children and grandchildren, and we can say, yet they are here, and they can and will make this world a better place. When we hold on to our faith in God, we can say, yet God is able. When we say, yet, that gives us a reason to continue to try, because what is the alternative? Hopelessness that says you might as well give up. And then what? Hope says it has not happened yet. And as long as we continue to write about it, videotape it, sing about it, and be about making changes, there is hope. And on that note, I'm going to share this powerful hope chat that I've entitled A Black Mother's Cry, where I sat down and talked with my daughter, Janar, and she shared from her heart, and that's what it's going to take to turn this whole situation around. I am here talking with my daughter, Janar Chanel Holloway. And it's a it's really a wonderful delight for us to be able to have this this hope chat on the Think Hope podcast. Uh, something that I've always desired, and that is to minister with you, Janar. <laughs> and uh, as you know, that's always been something that uh, that anytime we can do something together like this, it's it's always a a blessing to me. Because as you know, and my testimony as my baby girl, God used you very, very early on as, uh, as I carried you in my womb and uh, began the whole process of my, of my recovery and deliverance from drugs and alcohol. 
and uh, and I attribute that to you as, as in my poem, My Baby Girl, that I was your first mission. <laughs> and so that was a that was a long time ago, and now I'm celebrating over thirty <laughs> some years as you continue to get older. And mm-hmm. uh, and so I just want to just say thank you once again for for just coming into my world, and and I thank God uh, for how He allowed you to be such a a catalyst for change. And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. James 1, verse 17. My baby girl. When you came into my world, my life was a mess, and you know that. You showed up on the scene all sparkling and clean. You were just what I needed to help me really believe that it was time to take stock of my life. You see, prior to your arrival, I was living like a wild girl caught in the cycle of addiction. Baby girl, you taught me conviction. All of a sudden, I had another to think about other than myself. It was through my love for you that Christ's love finally shined through the muck and mire of my life. Love for my baby girl. You changed my world with one smile and a cry. Even the diapers that I would dry helped me to see life through different eyes. I had purpose and destiny lying in my lap before me as I dreamed of you and I taking life by storm wrapped in the capable arms of our Father who is in heaven. So, as you live your life and grow, please always know that I was your first life's mission. Mission accomplished, baby girl. Thank you for changing my world. And now you are a mother of your own, uh, married, and uh, have and have three children. And you're kind of experiencing some of the things that I went through as a mother with you. Mm-hmm. And um, and and as we know that uh, times we're we're really in 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 tur- turbulent times. We're in times of, of great peril, and, and, and so much has been happening around the nation as well as the globe. First of all, with the coronavirus pandemic, and then now you know, we saw what happened uh, on May the 25th, as, and, and I believe it was just the last straw when, whenever George Floyd was, was killed by the police in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And, and it was caught on video, and, and uh, as that went around the world, then there began to be so many uprising and protests, and it's still continuing today. And one yeah. of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on and have this hope chat is because you have been very, very, I could see, affected, as, as so many other young people, by what's been happening 
you even uh, participated in a protest, a local protest here in our area in Tallahassee, the capital of Florida. And then you wrote this 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 tribute, this social media post uh, video of of our little Brian Jr., your baby boy, <laughs> my grandson. And and it really touched it. T- it struck a nerve with so many mothers out there. So I'm just going to bring you in now, and and just by asking you to share what first of all what is what was your motivation for writing the post? Well, I mean, like you said, me I've been affected like many others. Um, just you know, first as a black individual. And then also as a mother, and I think what really kind of brought in that motherly aspect is just because it is just the conversation around George Floyd calling out for his mother during that, you know, you know, that terrible incident. And mm-hmm. so um, I think just as a parent in general, you know, for your child to be in that situation Um, and knowing why that was happening and, you know, having him call out for his mom, I just, as a parent, you know, put myself there as far as what if this was my child, you know, what Mm -hmm. if this was my son and this is what's happening. And then I also saw a a picture of him and his mother was cradling him, you know, at him as a baby. And I just was thinking about at that moment, you know, his mother has passed on. She's not here to see what happened, but um, as she was holding him so many years ago, I'm sure she never imagined in a million years mm-hmm. that this would be, you know, his legacy. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just so disheartening that so many people don't get that. And it's happened t- countless times. Countless times, you know, we've marched before. Me and a group mm-hmm. of friends, we went and we marched the night that um, George Zimmerman was found not guilty. We went and we marched to the Capitol then. And that's been so many years ago. And here we are again. And it's like, you know, we have, we have, you know, friends and coworkers and colleagues of other races who just, for some reason, it seems like they don't get it. And mm-hmm. these are people that, you know, we know and people that we, we work alongside and we know their children, they know our children, and we kind of connect in that aspect, you know, whatever our job title is, and then also as mothers. And so that's kind of the angle that I was taking as far as reaching out to those that don't understand or those that, you know, don't get the hurt and don't get the anger or those who are speaking out against the protest and don't understand why people are protesting or people that may even make the comment of, you know, you shouldn't be committing a crime and this won't happen. Or if you comply with the police, this won't happen. Um, Just reaching out to them as a parent, like what would you do or how would you feel if this was your child? Mm -hmm. Have that banner over your Facebook uh, picture of you and, and, and little baby Brian. He's so adorable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it says, I'm a mother of a black son. What does that mean to you? What does that mean? Well, what that really meant in kind of in the post, I kind of like laid some of that out, is I'm a mother to a black son, meaning 
my conversations and my thought, you know, my thought process and my feelings um, about him and going out into the world is a totally different experience than, you know, some other mothers of other races. However, my son is just like your son. And even in the post I laid out, he loves mm-hmm. Paw Patrol. He he knows how to count to 30. Yes, he, he knows does. All of his Amazing. letters and all his letter sounds. He, you know, he's very sweet. He's mama's baby. He has a special blanket. So whenever you look at him and he's out in public and he's out and about, I feel like a lot of times they're painted in such, our sons are painted in this terrible light just because of the way that they look. So just mm-hmm. like your son likes chicken nuggets, my son likes chicken nuggets. Just like your son likes to run and play, my son likes to run and play. And so I would like for America and other mothers and fathers of other races to to, to kind of stop and self-reflect as to how they look at our sons and our babies and our, our daughters even. And, mm-hmm. and, and not always have them be perceived as a threat and and, you know, it is the police, and I think the police are under the uh, a major microscope because they have such a high standard that they are expected to uphold. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, it is just disheartening that they are not, you know, doing the job that they are required to do. But it's regular citizens as well that need to change their, their mindset, um, you know, when they're approaching them in the grocery store, when they're approaching them you know, out and about and just, you know, when they're walking down the street, it's, it's just got to be a whole total, you know, mind change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what is it that, what message would you say as a mother and as a mother of a son, a black son, as well as daughters, uh, growing up now in America, um, what would you, what do you want them to know what what is it what is the message that you and so many others of our young people today uh, are marching and protesting what do you want others to know well what I want them to know is that um, you know just as far as America is concerned and as far as justice is, is concerned Um, We do have disparities in this country. It's not something that we've made up. It's Mm -hmm. not something that, it's not a woe is me movement. It's not, you know, we're not pulling the race card, um, you know, air quotes there. It is an actual thing that exists. There Mm -hmm. is, you know, inequalities in our community, not when it just comes to the justice system, but on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. That I feel like if you have not experienced that, you wouldn't understand but I, I, I do commend those who are, you know, non-African-American individuals who say, okay, I'm going to, I don't understand because I haven't been there, but what I am going to do is I'm going to take this opportunity to try to understand mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. try to just, you know, see where it is that you're coming from and try to listen and try to go into the conversations that we've been having just with an open mind. Right. So that's just really what I would like to, you know, spark up that conversation among not just black people, because we have the conversation, but honestly, we can't fix the problem ourselves. It's going to take all people of all races to fix this issue. And I think it can really 
start with mothers raising up their children to be those people who are not, you know, going out there and committing these acts as adults. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, you, you make a good point there. And that's one of the reasons why almost 30 years ago, I founded the organization, as you know, Mothers in Crisis. And, and, and over the years, many people had said, uh, well, why don't you change the name now? Because you're not just in perpetual crisis. And yeah. what, I, what I realized is that when you look up the word crisis, it also means opportunity and it means turning point. And I believe that we're always, especially as mothers, because I can say as a mother, I'm your mother and mothering never ends. And the concern, no, it <laughs> and the concern that you have for your children is the same concern that we have for you and all of our children and now our grandchildren. So the concern grows. It, it never ends. The, and I would say the opportunities, the opportunities and the times of turning points, the turning points that I believe that our nation and the world is facing because not only is it the United States, you have marches all over in different countries, London and France yeah. and Germany and, and, you know, South Africa. And, and I mean, this is resonating, this, this call for, for racial equality and justice is resonating around the globe. And I do believe that as, as mothers, that we play a very, very crucial role, and that's mothers of all races, because mm-hmm. we have to, listen, I looked to your generation as I was raising you as a single parent, and, and, and I had, you know, so many hopes and dreams and, you know, brought you up in a certain way in the admonition of the Lord and prayed over you and protected and, and pled the blood of Jesus and did all I could so that you could have a to have a better a better experience in this world in America than than I had. And that's the dream for all of I believe all the mothers of black and brown children around the globe. And uh, as well as fathers, but we're talking mothers now. And I do believe that that when mothers really 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 understand the importance of not only just birthing the children but then rearing them in such a way that they understand that we're all created equal under God and and that everyone is valuable, that there's no race greater or better than the other, that we're all a part of the human race and that and that when those messages are really ingrained in our young people then when they grow up, they'll have a better capacity to to do the right thing and treat people as they desire to be treated. What what do you think about that? Yeah, that's exactly my thoughts and my wishes and hopes and prayers that, you know, we can change this starting with our children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how are you going to do that as a mother? Well, I mean, I feel like for me, it's really me just kind of educating my kids. And, you know, I have um, an 11-year-old, and then I have 
um, a four-year-old and I have a two-year-old. And so my two-year-old is my son, David Bryan. And um, as far as my oldest daughter, Taylor, you know, um, we were kind of gathered up with just a limited amount of friends and family, like for a graduation celebration. And so while we were kind of like, they were cleaning everything up and they were getting everything settled. Um, I had left, but another parent was telling me that, um, you know, as the kids were cleaning and they were taking down the lights and putting up the chairs and it was getting dark, all the kids kind of took out their cell phones and they um, turned off the lights and they were like, we're going to have a moment of silence for George Floyd. And they are, they're 11 years old. Mm. And this is like a Friday night mm-hmm. and they, you know, they're on their phones, they're playing games. And then they decided, okay, we're going to have a moment of silence for George Floyd. And then they started to, um, one at a time, just share how they felt. Now, they're Mm -hmm. 11 years old. They're in the fifth grade. And they're coming up one at a time. And they're just saying, you know, this is how I feel about what's going on. And, you know, this is these are my fears and these are my wishes. And, you know, just I feel like having that positive... um, outlet for them and having that positive conversation is a good is a good start as opposed to shielding them you know from Mm -hmm. what's really going on I feel like you know they have thoughts and they have ideas about what's happening and so we you know one one young girl even made a statement um you know about really a strong statement about you know non-african-american people about how she felt and another little girl was like no you shouldn't say that you know not all you know, X, Y, Z. And so I just, the parents, they stayed out of it. And the kids just had that whole conversation and they just listened. And it was so powerful that they had these thoughts on a Friday night, you know, Mm -hmm. of what's Mm -hmm. really going on in America. Oh, yes, yes. Young people, they, they are our hope and they are our future. Our children, our children's children, our children's children's children. And I'm always, and especially at the age that I am now, uh, thinking about the legacy of what are we going to leave our children. And the greatest thing that we can leave them is the ability to know the truth, the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, first and foremost, and then the truth that comes from sharing the truth one with another the power of community, the power of communication that is yeah. the main part of community. So as you are, as you are now, uh, you are a teacher. Uh, how long have you been teaching? Ten years. This will be my tenth year of teaching. <laughs> oh, wow. Boy, do I feel young. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years. That's a whole decade. And no, uh, ten years, and and so, not only do you have your children, you also have the children that you are are the te- are, that you are teaching. What what grade is that for everyone first to grade. know? First grade, and as you're teaching mm-hmm. uh, a teacher of first graders, it's like you're also now a leader and setting an example and helping to mold and shape all of these little ones that come through your uh through through the school and 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 what have you so what would you say to the teachers that are out there of how they can and how you all can make a difference and and be able to help young people 
understand what's going on. A lot of times as teachers, we have to really, really tread lightly, you know, as far as what we say in the classroom or what, you know, the type of discussions that we allow. But what Mm -hmm. I would say that we can all do in general, you know, male, female, black, white, you know, all races, is just really show them love. Show them that we care Mm -hmm. and genuinely do it. Don't, you know, make up these preconceived, you know, come into the classroom with these preconceived notions about certain types of students, um, you know, treating them differently because of their race, because of their behavior, because of their parents and their background. That is really detrimental to a child to go Mm -hmm. through their entire elementary, you know, experience, their entire middle school experience and have teachers who they revere and who they trust and who they honor. My, my students call me every day. They call me mommy on accident because yes. I am that mother figure. <laughs> you know, I spend so yes. much time with them. Like I have students who live with their auntie. They call me auntie. They live with their grandma. They call me grandma. So they mm-hmm. see me in that space, you know, on that same level as that person who they trust. And if you are that person, and you are not treating them with love, treating them with kindness, and showing them how to be a good person, you are failing them as if they are your child. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Because teachers, I mean, we remember, I know I can remember uh, fifth grade, a fifth grade teacher. I can remember a ninth grade teacher. It's certain ones <laughs> mm-hmm. throughout my, my, my years in school that I can remember because of the way they treated all of us, and especially yeah. me. And how I felt, as Maya Angelou so so graciously put it, people don't often remember what you say, but they will always remember how you make them how you made them feel, and mm-hmm. uh, and that that goes a very long way, and it also goes a very long way with what we're dealing with now, as 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 we are believing God that this is a new normal, that this is not going to be as it was before, that we will see some real changes because the changes begin in each and every one of us. And change begins with conversations just like this, just like what we're having now. What I'd like to say to you as my black mother is thank you for raising me without fear. Thank you for raising me and teaching me the difference between what's right and the difference between what's wrong and allowing my voice to be heard. I feel like you were not a parent to say, you know, you're a child. Hush. Go sit down. Get in the back. You allowed me to be expressive. You allowed me to, you know, have those thoughts and have those conversations whenever there were things I didn't understand. Whenever there were things in the world I didn't understand or things in the in the scripture I didn't understand. So just having that relationship as a parent just carried us on over into adulthood to the, you know, the wonderful place that we are right now. And mm-hmm. I can only, you know, hope that I have that relationship with my children as they grow up and as they get older, as they become adults and become parents. I want to kind of instill that, you know, that relation, that strong relationship uh, within them. So, and I just know so many friends of mine that are, you know, adults now that just don't have that with their parent. And I just could not imagine, you know, not having mm-hmm. that relationship um, between us. Amen. Amen. That, that, that really is a blessing. And I believe that's what carries us. And that's why we can continue to work together 
across the generations now because we work together as family and uh, mm-hmm. make sure now the little ones are are being cared for and uh, and 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 are being raised in the proper way. I just I'm I can only depend on the Lord to kind of get me through these moments, and the only way I'm able to you know keep pressing forward and keep moving forward and keep holding on to that hope is due to my relationship with the Lord. Because even a mother I was talking to after I did the post and she was saying, this is exactly how I feel. And, you know, I just feel hopeless. And the only thing I could really tell her, it was nothing I could tell her to fix it. I just told her to press into the Lord. And I know that she has a relationship with him. That's really, you know, the the main thing that we can all do is really kind of push into that you know, to that relationship, just fall into his arms and put it in his hands. I mean, that's really, you know, the most important thing that we can do. Absolutely. I agree so wholeheartedly. And I know sometimes some people will say they'll get angry and they'll say, you know, it's time out. It's no more. It's not about praying. It's not about uh, all of this. And, and, And I have to I have to disagree with that because it's always about praying. I think about how our forefathers, when they were brought over here in chains and 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 and, and gone into live lives of slavery. We, I, my great grandfather, which was your great 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 grandfather, was a slave. And 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 what what got them through was was their strong foundation of faith and relationship with the Lord and their praying and and singing of those those gospels and and believing that they were going to make it a better day for 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 their children and their children's children and the strength that they had and i think about that and and how in the world are we going to get to this place and facing yet another crisis and just say oh forget about god and forget about praying that we need to we need to what you know it, it, it's it's yeah. from that place of faith hope and love that we're going to make it and we're going to see change in this nation and around this world. So that's one of the things that I really appreciate about our relationship is that we share faith. We share our faith that you chose of your own volition (laughs) Mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. to accept the Lord Jesus and have a relationship with him. And now we can share our faith together. And that's the prayer that I have for our grandchildren and their children and throughout the generations because I know that as long as we hold on to God's unchanging hand that we're going to be all right and not only that God can use us to make this world a better place and together Janar that's what we're going to do and that's what we're doing and amen to that faith like James 2:17 faith without work is dead and I feel like it, it's, it's, they go hand in hand. You can't just be out there doing the work and you have no faith. Right. And, you, and, and you know, you know it's, they go hand in hand. God is going to lead you to do the right work, do the right way, you know, that's going to make a difference. That's right. Absolutely. That's what we're going to continue now live and discuss on the show. And that is how we can truly, truly, truly have that change and transformation of the mind, of the heart, which results in changing of our actions, 
individually as well as as a society because one thing I do know and I'm a living witness that change is possible change is possible and that's why there is hope we are not those who who believe that all is lost and things will never change because if we did that who would even wake up and and try again but whenever you understand that there is hope we can change we are bigger than this there are so many people out there right now that are open and that are willing and that are ready for this type of change that we have to be the ones now to help navigate that and steer the change in the right direction yes and that is what we are in the midst of doing and we're going to have a discussion and i wanted to be centered around the uh hope chat uh maybe some of the pointers that was brought out by janar uh and also to think about and to talk about how we are going to navigate now to bring about real lasting change and those of you who are in queue i see you uh you can raise your hand by pressing one and then i'll be able to bring you in at the appointed time um and also of course we're going to hear from our christ vision tribe members who are also in queue and we also have janar with us janar is with us in queue so we can definitely uh, uh as a matter of fact i'm going to go ahead and start this by pulling you in janar i'm going to pull you in now and uh hello, hello. hey janar hey mama hey so what did you <laughs> hey. this this was the first time you heard the hope chat so what what did you you know what were your thoughts about it as you were listening to yourself I loved it. You know, we were texting kind of back and forth just about, you know, what I was thinking and how I was feeling, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Now, was there anything that that you, you said as you were listening to it that I wish that I would have said or I could have said now that we have this little live portion, uh, you, can, you, can, you can add to it if you'd like or elaborate on something if you felt like you needed to? Well, I feel like that was, you know, that was a lot. That was a lot to, like, unpack. We touched on so many points that we could just, like, you know, do the mm-hmm. whole hour on just, like, <laughs> several of those points. But yes. um, I think that overall, I feel like, you know, I I would like for it to just, like I said, stimulate conversation and kind of spark up conversation with people who may not, quite understand what's really going on and then also just for those of us who have seen this time and time again and you know kind of like right now this is our last straw and we're just at our wit's end we feel so hopeless I have so many friends who I've like sat with on the phone and they've cried and we've shared tears and we've you know kind of rode around in the car and just had these conversations even the other night me and like a core group of my friends we got together and we normally get together just to kind of take a breather from the, you know, coronavirus drama and Mm -hmm. all of that. But we spent the majority of the night just discussing, you know, what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and just different cases and different things we've seen on social media. So I would like for all of them who are listening and, you know, who are kind of tuned in to just hold on to hope 
and just, you mm-hmm. know, because I honestly feel like this time is going to be different. I really do. Yes. I, I, yes. I, feel, I have that feeling that this is going to be like real change. This is going to spark real change because I feel like the world is watching. The world is paying attention. And it's like the world has been asleep. And now all of a sudden everybody's awake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree with that. And uh, I'm going to, I'll be able to bring you back in. So please stay with us. Uh, we're going to okay. take a little short break now. And uh, I'm going to share a poem which goes right to what you were talking about, how I believe this time is different. And then when we come back from that break, I'm going to begin to bring in the Hope, uh, the Christ Vision Tribe. And uh, starting with my dear husband, uh, Pastor Kwame Lewis. So be prepared to come in and then we'll keep the conversation going and really centered around hope and solutions. How are we going to make this change stick and transformation that's needed? To share at this time the poetry that I believe is coming from the throne rooms of God and from my heart of what God is saying. Life goes on. The telephone is ringing, the sun is shining, the wind is blowing, life goes on. The television is blaring, glaring, and I sit staring at images of a war-torn nation. The only problem is, we are not at war, or are we? Life goes on. The children are playing, the cars are traveling to and fro. I wonder where they're going, and do they know that we are at war, a war from within, the enemy that we fight day and night. Each other, no compassion for a sister or a brother in pain. What a shame. Life goes on. The stores are selling goods and wares. We buy our stuff and it seems like nobody cares. Life goes on. Our black men are trying, dying while crying. I can't breathe. No, not a noose this time. Called into a life of crime. Or maybe just walking the line. Life goes on. The protectors of society are on their beat. Murder, murder, we cry in the streets. And life goes on. to or continuation of life goes on. And I believe that it's the poem for now for what's happening and what we're seeing all over the nation. Years ago, I wrote a poem called Life Goes On. And it turned into a prophecy. Things didn't change, and the murders continued consistently. Time after time, life went on, but now we're singing another song with a different melody. Listen to the echoes and cries that are screaming from the chambers of our souls inside. So tired of the lies and rhetoric, now is the season to be done with it. No more killing, no more hate, no more watching while we wait for life to go on. As I write this poem, may it too become a prophecy that correctly predicts what the new normal will be that includes racial justice and harmony just like it was meant to be as we come together in unity. That's my hope and that's my cry. I'll keep believing until I die. As I watch and pray for a better day for all the black and brown children of the world.
All right. <laughs> that is Life Goes On. And that was a poem that I wrote several years ago, and it's in my book, Nimble Anointed Words, Empower or In Awe. And then the latest poem, The New Normal. So you're on the line, dear Pastor Kwame, my dear husband. How are you? Hi, babe. Um, I'm I'm doing well, and um, it's such a pleasure. I pray everything is going well as I'm in my office and you're elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, as I'm in the home and you're in the office, but we're together as one. So what are yes. your thoughts? I know you have a lot to add to this conversation. Yes, uh, I, I do, and um, we certainly don't have enough time for me. So I'll take just a small slice of that. Um, first, uh, it is important to recognize uh, both of you in your respective uh, places of service, uh, honorable service, uh, the things that you have done and continue to do, and I believe a good lesson and platform for the things that uh, Janar has done and is doing. And um, I, I, I first want to acknowledge and recognize uh, both of you for that. Um, the, the challenge, uh, there are so many different ways you can look at this. Um, mm-hmm. the, 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 the place that I would focus on, two places. First, uh, the, the nature of the spirit, the Holy Spirit in all of this as the death of uh, um, George Floyd and his uh, burial today. Uh, has illustrated a move that is beyond race, that is beyond geography. And those things do not happen uh, Mm -hmm. uh, just by humanity. Uh, So that's what I recognize, that there is something different here. And the difference is there's a deep move of the spirit and there is God in the midst of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's that's the first thing I, 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 I would say. And as a result of which, it then leads to something that Janar pointed out, which is mm-hmm. uh, knowing the Lord uh, as, as her encouragement uh, to others who might feel desperate or hopeless, which mm-hmm. is something that you emphasize, which is knowing the truth of Christ, knowing the truth, and Christ is the truth. And in, 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 in that way, to not just know about him, but to know him, which is a relationship mm-hmm. question, and it points to me where uh, she has identified some of the challenges of coworkers and associates. That it to me it points to a number of areas that we need to work on. Everyone, mm-hmm. which is what are we what are we teaching in church? What are we teaching mm-hmm. in the home? What are we learning in the home? And 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 if we are truly uh, um, surrender to Christ as we ought to since we are founded under God, then those things should not be challenges. But we need to look at that very, very seriously during this time. And lastly, I challenge uh, the, the, first of all, I challenge beginning with, with, with men overall. Overall, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. need to stand up and step up to what we are called to be. We are supposed to be examples and illustrations of what goodness is and examples mm-hmm. to uh, not only our sons but to our daughters. 
and 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 to be those as husbands and and even boyfriends to take care of our black women without mm-hmm. any equivocation there's no competition we serve together when we come together and to stand and be the ones to make sure that no one crosses our women and our black women specifically because I look at the pictures and I get sometimes so tired Uh just the women out there where are you where are you and that has to change we've got work to do internally to to address those issues and to do so for the long term so that's my piece Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you because, uh, and, and I would say, though, that in in this, uh, what we're seeing now, it is diverse. You have the uh, men and women uh, that are, you know, and all different races, different age groups. So we see that diversity, but men uh, must step up to the plate because this is, we're not in a vacuum here and we're not in competition we we have That's to right. stand together and support yes. one another and and I thank yes. God for for the Holloways uh for for Brian Holloway Janar's husband uh who is there yes. and and they are a, a a wonderful team for the for their children and then um the grandparents uh that are that they have two sets of 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 really strong grandparents that love uh, love one another, love the Lord, and that are helping yeah. to raise them as well as uh, the aunties, you know, and, and, and the family, you know, that, that whole support system because yeah. it takes yeah. all of us. And then, of course, they have me and you. And so we're all, we're all coming together. And I believe that is, a, that is a wonderful, wonderful point. And as a matter of fact, Janar, I see a little text from her. I'm going to bring you in and let you uh, comment from what you heard your dad just say. Hello, Janar. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> well, um, he kind of touched on something that we talked about that I've had, you know, conversation with friends about a lot of times women, and I actually saw a, like a, a post on Facebook that was saying that um, women, especially black women, we mm-hmm. always, you know, are there on the front lines with stand up for our men and kind of on the picture, it was just showing over time, like throughout history where during protests and during, you know, unjust things that were going on, the women Mm -hmm. were standing, you know, in between like the police and their men, because we always, you know, we're on the front lines for our men and for our children. And I Mm -hmm. feel like, um, you know, I feel like we all have to, you know, step in on this one. Men, women, mm-hmm. black, white, mm-hmm. all races, it's going to take all hands on deck in order for us to kind of tackle this issue because it'll just be a, a us thing. If it's just our issue, then it's mm-hmm. going to remain our issue. is going to remain to just affect us. But when it becomes a, you know, everybody's issue and something that we all kind of pitch in to to get done, then I think that's when we'll see real change. Absolutely. That's a good point. So thank you guys for sharing that. And, uh, and that is definitely one of the places of solution because, because hope brings solution. 
That's solutions. That's one of the things I love about hope. And I always say how hope is like the light in the midst of the tunnel that when you turn it on, you can begin to see clearly and you could see things that weren't there before and you could see your way through. And, and that's why hope is so important. It's not some Pollyanna pie in the sky. Oh, I just hope, you know, that every, oh, I just know everything's just going to work out. No, it's, 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 it's about, it's about seeing. And then it's about doing, putting things into action, voting, making sure we have the right people in office. Uh, we thank God for, as I mentioned, the Holloway's um, LJ Holloway was running for Congresswoman. And, and, uh, and that's, that's Brian's, well, that's Janar's uh, sister-in-law, uh, Brian's sister. And, and, and she has a grasp of, of, of some of these things that we need to see in, in terms of empowerment and really doing things that's going to, to bring about change. Because so many times we just have the same old people, the same ones in, in place, so it's going to take it's going to have to take place on a political basis. Also, as you know, where I stand, spiritually speaking, we need the Lord and we cannot do it without him. And we cannot come from a place of of anger and, and hatred that, that we must come from 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 standing on that place. Like Martin Luther King said of, of love, because hate can't drive out hate, but love can. So all of these things are are part of what, what it's going to take. And so you guys are absolutely right. Now I'm going to bring in another one of our Christ Vision Tribe members who has been, I've seen your hand raised, uh, Minister Nettie, from the very beginning. So I know you were very anxious to come in. So I'm going to go ahead and bring you in now. Hello, are you there? Hi, Dr. Thompsons. I am here. How are you? I'm doing very well. So you've been listening to the conversation. Yes. I, my heart is just so full, just uh, listening to the, the love, the wisdom, the the conversation. And coming from Janar as that young mother, and I saw the uh, post that she put out with beautiful baby Brian, and as she was sharing how, you know, if you just close your eyes and you don't see a color, he's still a baby boy, and he's beautiful, and he has a life that needs to be lived without, you know, having to go through injustices and being in fear. And so in, in just uh, seeing Janar grow up and the mother that you are and the teacher and just, I just was, the anointing of God was just so, I even was so tearful a couple of times as I was just listening because I, I, I was there. I could say I was a witness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so what, what exactly um, were you able to witness? Well, I witnessed uh, as a, you know, mother, you, you know, raising Janar as a, as a single mother and always putting God first, always, you know, praying, always being that example, being that uh, with mothers in crisis, with parenting, with the different mm-hmm. uh, pastor, apostle now, and, <laughs> and a hopeologist, giving hope, helping others practice empowerment so much. And, it, and it's made it 
is we, because, you know, we were on the front lines back in the day as well, marching and with our banners and, you know, up with hope, mm-hmm. down with dope, but it's another battle now. But it's just, it's just been so uplifting tonight yes. and so hopeful. So I really thank you and Janara for just sharing and, and just being real and just, you know, starting this conversation that I know is going to be the first of many. Oh, yes, yes. It, it, it is going to be the first of many. And, and I believe that it's, it's the conversations that's happening all over. They're happening all over the land. I was, I've been listening to some really good things uh, on television, Internet, streaming. Uh, go ahead, and, and you might want to mute. I hear a little feedback going on there. Uh, with you, okay. and um, it's just it's just so awesome how these conversations are happening, and that's why whenever uh, I saw the post that Janar put out there, the Lord just touched my heart because, as you know, we were in the midst of of doing the Hope Immersion workshops, and and after after everything erupted, the Lord was like, put it on hold pause say pause that for a moment and so I did and I was just trying to wait in here because I didn't want to just do something (laughs) just to do it and I'm like okay well I know we're going to continue with it but it has to be at a time the optimal time that people can really receive and hear and 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 be able to uh, get the message and be immersed in that place and so when I read the post it was like God said no Janar has has a has a message that she needs to share that's in her heart and and who all she represents and as mother as a mother as you know mothers in crisis and and the whole platform that God has given uh, me and you now as a part of it yes. as you come in and 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 <laughs> you know been so supportive as you receive your deliverance and and now you're working very diligently in the field and you have been for for several decades so i just thank god for you as well and thank thank you you for sharing thank you all right so we're going to continue on we and as you all some of you all may say wow this this hour is mighty long no i added a little bit of time because i wanted to get this feedback i wanted us to have enough time to really share and if anybody wants to come in live on the line, just press one, and I should see your hand raised uh, in the queue as I see the Christ Vision Tribe uh, hands are raised. And uh, I'm going to bring in now Elder Millie Poulos. Hello. Good evening, Dr. Tompkins. Good evening. So, how are you? And what what two cents would you like to add into the conversation? Well, um, I'm well, thank you. And what I take away is a lot of hope in this message. Being honored to uh, be also a, a witness of seeing you train up Janar the way she she goes, so that when she goes old, it will not depart from her, and her passing that on to her children. And giving that hope of her perspective as a mother 
in the millennials so that they could hear Mm -hmm. and know that there is hope. And then she touched on the basis of, which is so true, not just speaking words, but faith without works is dead, that she's doing something as well. And the rest of us need to take heed to that, those who who are just out there um, looking. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good example, and it just blessed me, Dr. Tompkins, when Janara, you know, she's a first grade teacher, and I said, "Wow, I I trust my my first grader, and I would <laughs> want her as as my child's teacher, because we need these teachers to be on the front lines and tell mm-hmm. the truth to these children and set the example. So that's what truly blessed me, Dr. Tompkins." Oh yes, and when she said that about love, yes, and and that yes. and that how teachers need to need to be able to show that, and and how her students they they look at her as as mama and 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 all of that because that's what happens when you're when you're in that position, and and she has them for so many hours every day, and just to be able yes. to share that, I'm so so very blessed, uh, as 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 you know. Um, Janar comes from a family of teachers, and I am a teacher, but I'm a teacher <laughs> of the word. <laughs> I, yes. I walk in the office of teacher, uh, actually, of the fivefold ministry gifts, but uh, several from my mom, my aunt, uh, my sister, and and uh, my cousins. So many were teachers in the school system, and and now Janar is something she always wanted to do, and now she's been doing it for a decade, and. And when you can do something for a decade in this day and age, it has to be more than a job. It's a it's a calling. It's a it's a mission, a commission, a vocation. So thank you so much for bringing that out. And it's always good to have you on board this hope train that God has us, and it, it will not it will not end. Even though we have made it through April, the National Month of Hope, but this hope train. <laughs> It goes down the track <laughs> throughout the whole year. We are spreading hope all around the world. And speaking of hope, I'm so very pleased, delighted, and excited to bring in, as I as I mentioned a little bit earlier, that uh, we have L. J. Holloway who is uh, part of the family, uh, Janar's um, uh, sister-in-law, and, uh, and she's running for congresswoman, and she's a dear friend over the years. And she is, on, she is in queue, and I'm going to bring her in now to have her share in this conversation. Hello, good e- Hi, good evening, uh, Dr. Tompkins and Janar. I call her my sister in love. Look, I have been listening to this call for more than an hour, and I have just been so filled in hearing, you know, the suggestions not only that Janar has, but just to hear her passion. Uh, One of the things Mm -hmm. you guys failed to mention is that she was teacher of the year, and because I'm not a student, um, look, I, of course, knew that she was dedicated to her students, mm-hmm. but in listening to this show, I understand why not only her colleagues would, you know, vote her as Teacher of the Year, but you can mm-hmm. hear her passion and her love for the students. You really yeah. can. So, you know, 
you know, I know that, you know, privately I have said appreciate your dedication to our students and to my nieces and my nephew, but just to hear your heart on this call, I mean, it just makes me even more proud, not only for my my nieces and nephew, but for the students of Leon County. But notwithstanding any of that, um, let me just say, I mean, your topic was so apropos, and many of you have heard the song, um, Ella's song from Ella Baker, who was a freedom fighter um, that's made that was made popular by Sweet Honey and the Rock. And so it's so true, Janara, when you said, you know, we who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes because we know until the killing of black men or a black mother's son is as important as the killing of white men or a white mother's son. So I mean this show was right on target. Mm-hmm. It's right it was just so apropos and I think God, you know, will not think I know that God has a way that is mighty sweet because I think that's what has moved people the most and white women in particular. I have participated and organized many protests um, since the killing of George Floyd and have been very active in the movement all my life. But the reality is this one feels different. And I think it's because for a mother to hear him cry out the way he did for his mother, I think it has appealed to the sensibilities of mothers who ordinarily would not have joined the movement. So um, it's unfortunate that George Floyd had to be a sacrificial lamb, but we who believe in freedom cannot rest. We must continue to press towards the march. God created us all. I mean, we all are God's creatures. And, you know, um, look, a killing or police brutality is wrong. And we know that in Micah 6.8, the word says to do justice, love mercy, and to walk upright with our Lord. And so that is our charge to keep. But Janar, um, I don't want to keep harping, uh, harping on you. Um, I am going to tell, tell Dr. Tompkins and her admonition in the Lord and her training you up. We know the scripture in Proverbs. We know Proverbs 22.6 when it says, train up a child in the, way that, you know, in the way that he should go, and he will not depart from it. So I want to say to you, I thank God for you, Dr. Tompkins, for training Janar in the way that she would go. And we know you can tell a tree by the fruit that it bears, and your fruit has further given birth to even stronger fruit because I tell you, um, those three who are my heart, and, I, you know, it breaks my heart that I don't see them as often as I need to, but the yes. reality is they are who they are because of the fruit that you have given birth to. So I want to say publicly, thank you, thank you, thank you. But more importantly, because you have this calling on your life, Janar, the children of Leon County, uh, they call you mama for a reason. They call you mama because you love them. And we know that you should serve as if you're serving unto the Lord. And I have seen your dedication. I know how hard you work after hours and how long you stay at school and then when you get home, the things you do for your class. And every year, I, I mean, on social media, because I'm not in Tallahassee full time, I look forward to just seeing what your classroom is going to look like and what the theme is. We, <laughs> you know that you are the proprietor of, um, look, the name changes it TCM, uh, the creative, look, too cute, too cute creations. You know, I'll mess it yes. up. But at the end of the day, um, look, it's because you are creative and you're not just creative by using your gifts with your hands. 
you are create. I mean, you are creative in so many ways. So I thank God for all both of you using your gifts. And look, um, Dr. Tompkins, I heard that poem, and that poem was as apropos today as it was <laughs> when you wrote it in your book. So I want to thank both of you for using your gifts and being blessings to the kingdom. Amen. Amen. And thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending this time with us. And it's always good whenever I can see you and we can have some time together and also to help you with your campaign because I believe. Yes, and I know that. I didn't give myself. I was so busy. Look, I, 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 mean, it was so hard. No, I didn't even give myself, okay, a shameless plug, you know, because I mean, right now people's hearts are hurting, and that's why I am running for Congress because we mm-hmm. need people who are not only competent and who are courageous. I mean, many of you, I mean, you all know that I worked in Capitol Hill for Congresswoman Carrie Meek, and you know that I earned my law degree. But so many mm-hmm. times people forget that the role of Congress is to make laws. And if Congress' role is to make laws, then you want someone who not only has a law degree and who has worked on Capitol Hill, but when you talk about police brutality, you need the laws to change. We need the mm-hmm. chokehold to be illegal in all, municip- in all municipalities. And and because the federal supersedes state and local, we need people who are going to be bold enough to not only, well, of course, the Congressional Black Caucus just introduced an act but um, on, on yesterday. But the reality is we mm-hmm. need people mm-hmm. who are going to act in the best interest of all the people, people who are not beholden to lobbyists and special interests, but people who care about justice and who care about yes. people. I believe that God has called me for a time such as this, and like Esther I believe that God is going to allow me to go there and to make changes on behalf of the people, not yes. special interests or big business. This is Jim Crow 2.0. I hate to be so blunt, but that's exactly what it is. Um, look, we know during Jim Crow the laws were not for the people, and we see the same things happening now. And so we definitely need people who will take the scales off their eyes and the veils and not be motivated by money, but be motivated by justice and love. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. And so everyone that heard that, go out, find out more information. And if you're living in this area, it's time for a change. It's time for a change. Okay. Thanks so much for your input. God bless you. Thank you for a better day vote, LJ Holloway, Lipton County, all the way to Duval County. <laughs> it includes parts of Leon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And and one thing I can really say about L.J. Holloway is that she is a fighter. She does not give up, and that's how we make it. It's not how many times you you you're knocked down, but it's how many times you get up. Because when you get back up and you and you go back in there and you do it, that's when the victory comes, and that's what I believe. So we are getting ready to wrap up, but I but I did not hear if uh, one of the other Christ Vision Tribe members, um, uh, let's see, Sister Sharon Durham. I'm going to go ahead and bring you in. We do have time to have your comments. Hello, Sister Sharon. Hi, Dr. Tompkins. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. So what do you have to add to this tonight? Um, the that this was very impactful on tonight's show, and I just love the way you and Janar um, talked together and how she stated that 
how you show that you care for the children and you treat all of them fair. And also, too, when she talked about how prayer is so strong and that's the foundation for her with the relationship with the Lord. And mm-hmm. most three, the three things is hope, faith, and love. Mhm, mhm. So much, so much to unpack there. Thank you so much for your encouragement, because that's what we have to do one for another. Because I wanted to have this show tonight, and all of the Think Hope podcast, just to remind everyone that there is hope. There is still hope. Because so many are experiencing, as Janar stated, this place of hopelessness where they believe that all is lost and nothing is not going to change because this has happened before and it continued on. But I'm also here to say that things have changed. There, there, there's, there's a lot of things that, that, that have changed over the years. And just as some of the things have changed, we can believe that there are other things that will change. Uh, as, as LJ mentioned about the law and getting rid of that chokehold, it should be illegal. And, 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 and just various ways that we can, whatever place that you happen to be in the world, wherever, whatever sphere of influence, you can be the change that you'd like to see. And one of the ways that I believe that we start with change is through our thinking. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. And when we begin to renew our minds with the word of God and begin to think the way God thinks, and, and, and we can know how he thinks by his word, and spend that time in the word, renewing our minds, not being conformed to this world, and begin to think hope, think love, think faith, then we can see a change. So, based upon the conversation tonight, I'm just going to summarize some of the things that that were said and, and that I've heard that can help us to make that change. I heard Janar say that it's important to have these conversations, that it's important to talk about it, and not only that, but to talk about it with our children and allow our children to talk about it amongst themselves. It's important to be about it, as as some have gone out and participated in the protest and, and, and allowed their voices to be heard, to post on social media, the truth of how you're feeling and also to have these hope chats with others who may not feel hopeful and and may feel hopeless that they know they can call you or you can call them and check up on them and ask them hey how are you doing or you know that's one of the things that we talk about making hope connections Hope chats are so very needed and so very important right now, especially whenever you check with people and you let them know that you care and that you stand with them and and give them some encouragement and empowerment, that empowerment that they can 
take hold, grab hold of, and make a change. I also heard the importance of faith and not giving up on our belief in the Lord and in the power of God that he, that he has brought us to this place. He has brought us from a mighty long way. He will help us through these times and he, was, and he will bring us on into that hopeful future that we're believing. And then I heard the importance of love. As Janar said, a teacher, what, what can teachers do? Love your students. Don't have in eternal, internal biases that play out in, your, in the way you, you, you interact and in the way you treat them, that, that see them for who they really are, beautiful, valuable, brilliant, uh, uh, highly um, potential, you know, much potential in them that, that they are, that they are there for a reason that God almighty has, has placed each and every one of us on planet earth for a purpose and that we can be that change by loving people. And, and as I've said over the years through mothers in crisis, especially during the time of the crack cocaine epidemic and when all of the hype was going on and, and I first started mothers in crisis that I've literally loved the hell out of people because, because I did, what did I have to give? Well, I had, first of all, God had delivered me, so I knew that it was possible, so I had hope, and then what else I had was love. So whenever there was anger, whenever there was relapse, whenever there was all this other stuff that came, that unconditional love always showed up and penetrated that place of darkness, and that's what we can do. Let us be kinder one to another. We can be kinder in, in what we say to one another, what, what we do for one another, especially as women, especially as, as mothers, that, that, we, that we can come from that place. Yes, we've been hurt. Yes, we see the injustices. Yes, we know that things aren't as they're going to be, as I started out, as, as it has not happened yet. But that's what hope says, yet. But in the midst of it, we can still be kind and loving. And we can really not just talk about unity. We always say we're united and we coming together. But so many times it's a cover-up for you come help me, but I'm not going to help you. You know, you help me. And we have to be able to support and help one another. So whenever we can come together, and then another thing that I would like to add, don't miss the global aspect of what's happening. As an apostle, I have the, I have the privilege and honor now to have churches all over the world. I have churches in, in, in several parts of Africa and also now in Pakistan and in Nepal and I am, and I am, and I'm reaching across the barriers of 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 time and space and 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 the limitations that have been there that have been there before, and teaching and planting and 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 helping those who are spreading the gospel. And what I'm learning is that we can't be in a bubble over here in America, and it's just all about us. 
because it's about all it's about all of us and and when we can stand together i have now people from these different countries who we're fasting we're praying together for our nation for our children for situations for for their their nation for you know we're 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 reaching together in the spirit realm and joining hands and that's what i see as the manifestation of so many marches all around this world so as we wrap up just be encouraged think hope know that it's going to be all right because we're going to make it all right and god almighty is with us he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us so let us continue to stand one with another standing together strong so that we can see the difference that we know we can make and can happen and will happen because there is still hope until next time we come together may god bless you amen remember as long as there's breath in your body there is hope.